Hi, everybody. Okay, Parshas Mateis. Let's go over here. Moshe commands Klai Yisrael to wage war with Midian, and they win. And they're coming back to uh, the camps of Klai Yisrael. Um, all the captives and everything they plundered, and uh, everything they got him of. Now, Moshe and Elijah come out with all the leaders, and they went to meet them outside the camps. Why did they come out? What's the Pasuk telling us? They come to meet them outside the camps. What's uh, everything in the Torah is permanent? So what's the Pasuk teaching us over here? It says Rashi, the Fisher row is Nari Yisrael because they saw that the young men of Klai Yisrael, Yoitzim, were going out, Lachta Ifminabiza, to grab from the spoils. All the money and all the, uh, the, the good stuff, the worthy, worthwhile stuff that they got from war, the young men in Klai Yisrael were going out to, to grab. So now, we still don't really understand the Pasuk. What's, what's, why is that Pasuk there? Usually the Pasuk doesn't tell us where Moshe walked, how many feet. Like He walked outside the camp. Okay, why is that important for the narrative over here? But that's what Rashi says. That why did they go out? Because they saw the youth going out grabbing stuff. So Moshe and Elazar went out to check what was going on. And Moshe got very angry with the commanders of the legions and the officers of the thousands, with Sarai Ameris and the officers of the hundreds, Habba Mitzvah who came from the army, who came from uh, the army of battle, because they let all the females live. Right? They only killed the males, they let the females live, and Moshe got upset. Now, so what's the... Hey, let's look at these two up together. Moshe and Yelazar go out, they see the youth grabbing stuff, and Moshe gets upset that he realizes that they, the army left the females... Alive. Now, Rashi in the pasuk that says that he left, he was upset because he left the females alive. He says like this: the, the pasuk adds extra words. And Moshe got upset at the uh, at the officers of at the well, the officers of the thousands. That's enough. Why does it add for pasuk first? Yeah, pekude the commanders of the legions. Why is this pasuk say both? He got upset. They were commander of the legions and they were the officers of thousands. Says Rashi. Any foulness of a generation, is attributed to the leaders, to the Gedolim. They had the ability to protest, to make a change. And therefore, it says, Moshe was angry with the officers of the thousands, the officers of the hundreds, and the commanders of the legions to teach us that the leaders are responsible for the youth's wrongdoings. Now, this comes up a bunch of places in the Torah that, that the people in charge are responsible for the mess ups of you know of, of the masses and the, and it's a very 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 interesting to me it's a fascinating concept but how do we how do we how could how could someone have such a strong influence that the leaders are actually responsible for what the multitudes do for the acts of everyone under them. How could they actually change that? If you see that they have the ability to affect the masses to such a degree that they're responsible. 
how could they do that? How could how could we be leaders? And this applies to all of us. This applies to everyone who has any kind of influence, and we all do. We all have some kind of influence. We all affect the world probably a lot more than we even realize. And what does it mean to be in that position that you're able to influence to to, to such a degree? And the one of the the keys, the keys, the keys, the deepest key is to under is to respect someone. People say like, oh, to help people, to help guys, especially someone some struggling, trying try to help them, there has to be unconditional love. That's a, that's a given. Of course there has to be unconditional love. He's a Jewish person, he's a human being. Of course you have to love them. That's not a question. And unconditional love, there's, there's, there, there, there's no other option. What kind of love is conditional? If it's conditional, it's If it's conditional, that means that it's not real love. It's, it's something that the person that you want it's not about the person that you're loving, right? Because conditions, I mean, you have conditions. I mean, it's not about them. It's about you. So, unconditional love is obviously prerequisite, but what does it mean to actually be able to influence comes from respect. When we really respect someone where they are now because of what they're working on and because of what they're going through and appreciate where someone's coming from, then we're able to influence them because they're able to fully trust us and they're able to fully feel that we're in it with them. We have to actually respect them. It does not mean being blind. It does not mean pretending everything that they're doing is okay. They're trying to influence someone else for the positive. We first have to appreciate and really respect their journey and where they are who and who, they're, who they are where they're coming from. And without this, if someone says, yeah, I'm going to, uh, you know, this guy's uh, this guy's not such a good guy, but, you know, whatever, he could get there. That's not what we're talking about. It's not real respect. Real respect is seeing right now how amazing everybody is and how beautiful the that person you're dealing with is. And it's very hard for a lot of people of the, that are, that are, say, 50 plus or the, the generation that's a bit older than the youth of today, it's very, very difficult to, for them to res, really respect someone younger that to understand what they're going through because the world has changed so vastly recently that it's, it's hard to really understand what people are struggling with. It just sounds like, oh, they're just they're, 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 they're a bunch of emotional kids. They can't keep it together. They can't just do what they have to do. They're, they're chutzvedic. They question everything. And... It's very important to be able to put ourselves in someone else's shoes and actually think of what they're experiencing and why they're acting like that. Piazetz Narebbe says before he wrote his Sefer, he would meditate first, thinking as if he is a 12-year-old boy right now. Meaning I was born 12 years ago, I grew up the last 12 years, right now I'm a 12-year-old boy, what, what, what do I really need to hear? And I think if we're able to do this before we speak to someone or before, even if not, even for just, just in general, to understand where people are coming from, then, they'll, then we'll be able to fully respect them. And people will feel that. People know right away if we respect them or not. But we'll be able to sincerely respect someone if we try to understand what they're going through. And to say, like, oh, I wouldn't have done that. It's very silly because everyone has their own, you know, their own elements in their life and so many different things that happen and so many different ways of understanding and seeing and 
there's so many different factors involved. <clears throat> it doesn't really make a difference, even if the situation seems similar to what we went through. It's not. Everyone has their own story. So if we're able to to look at completely, completely, think about in a deep way where someone's coming from and and see how amazed you could be by them, then we'll... we'll Bizarat Hashem, come to respect all Yidin. Everyone should have a beautiful Shabbos.